Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, episode 82. Can you believe it? The start of the NFL season is upon us, and One Man's Opinion is here for your fantasy football enjoyment. We'll talk some pop culture. Who knows what's going to come on my out of my mouth and into my head over the next 60 or so minutes. Welcome to it, everybody. This is your first time downloading and listening to the podcast. What the hell took you so long? I want to remind everybody we are uncensored. So put the earbuds in, make sure the kids are asleep or away from there. Cause I'm going to be dropping curses up and down this episode. As we look ahead to the 2021 NFL season, we'll be talking fantasy football. We'll be talking betting. We'll be talking week one. We'll be talking about bold predictions. That's right. Put it on tape. That's the only way we know how. By the way, my name is Jeff Manns. In case you are just tuning in, you've never heard me before. You can hear me every single weekday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87. You can hear me Sunday mornings on the Sirius XM Fantasy football pregame show with Bob Harris on Sundays, getting you right up until kickoff at 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. You could find me over at fantasyguru.com. The 2021 fantasy football draft guide is there by now. You should have used it. Coaching breakdowns, offensive line breakdowns, a lot of the most of our content, I would say, is what they call evergreen for the year, meaning you could use it all season long. We have weekly rankings for week one and projections, the My Guru tool and everything, waivers and trades and buying low and selling high and roster trends and our 24-7 chat room that will help you out every single step of the way all season long over there at fantasyguru.com. So get over there, check out all the great stuff we have to offer, elitefantasy.com, the place to go for daily fantasy Concept daily fantasy baseball going all the way through the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. So exciting stuff there. We have the daily fantasy football season. Remember only site in the world. We went 15 out of 17 weeks last year profitable. It's not going to happen this year. We're not going to do that. Don't expect that, but we're going to work our asses off to make sure we get uh, in the green once again uh, over there at elitefantasy.com. We'll be in the green. Cash game breakdowns, the core fours, again, lineup chats, positional coaches, lineup optimizers, projections, tools, live 24-7 chat room over there as well. Folks, everything in the world, strategy articles, we got it for you at elitefantasy.com. EliteSportsBetting.com. By the time you are listening to this, sports betting will have been legalized officially in Arizona, where I live. I am ecstatic about this. I'm going full bore on the NFL betting scene this coming year. We've got partnerships with a lot of great sites uh, over there, including the Betcha. That's uh, one of the greatest up-and-coming apps in the sports betting market. Unique player props and team props and unique fantasy games to play over there on the Betcha app, B-E-T-C-H-A. Use the promo code ELITE for up to $100 match 
on your first deposit. So get over there and check that out as well. So follow me, Jeff Vans, on social media, on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Mans, D, Jeff Vans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right, so here's what we're doing today. Normally, during the NFL season, I'm always going to sprinkle in some pop culture stuff. I'll pro- um, when I mean pop culture, whatever the fuck is happening in the world, like what what's going on. You know, you guys want to hear about elite mafia. You want to hear about, uh, you know, whatever behind the scenes at Sirius XM. You want to hear about whatever. You know, I'll give that stuff's always going to be involved. But over the next eighteen weeks, we're going to mostly be previewing the upcoming week. We'll be reacting to the previous week, and then we'll be preview in the upcoming week in seasonal fantasy football, daily fantasy football, and NFL betting as well. We'll sprinkle in some other sports as the NBA season gets going and throughout the Major League Baseball playoffs, if there are thoughts on there, but heavy on the NFL topics throughout. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. Now that the draft season's over, you guys could spread the word a little bit. Come on, let's let's get after it. I want to be pumping out more episodes of the podcast, which brings me to the first topic. So today, I'm not going to be previewing week one as much as mo- some of you would like. I've talked about it all week on Sirius about that. Draft season's still going on. Here's the way I roll. I need to get the t- my 2021 predictions out to you. I have a show coming up in Friday on Friday with Ted Schuster of this week. We make our bold predictions for the week. We've already made our bold predictions for the season, but I, I, I got to get everything out and I've done all these projections for fantasy guru and elitefantasy.com. I've gone through, all, but I need to tell you every single team, every single, what I have for the records and the finishes breakout players, players that let you that will let us down Uh, i'm gonna i need it all out so i have to do that today it's very important so this is the final pre-season full season episode that i'm going to do for the most part right otherwise it's going to be week to week and week to week and we'll we'll be doing it that way so just a little fyi here's something that's going on with the radio show i don't know you know something happened they Last year, if you guys recall, I got, uh, they had an hour show, hour of my show, my time slot taken out um, throughout the football season. So on Thursdays, I was only from five, or I'm sorry, four to 5 p.m. Eastern time. That was supposed to change this year, go four to six and Thursday, but supposedly that changed back. So I'm only four to five, one hour on Thursday. So this podcast going to be coming out on Thursday afternoons. I'm going to record it right after the Sirius XM show while I'm running hot and heavy and everything else. So just an FYI on as far as that is concerned and get you guys all the stuff that the XM customers decide not to get. However, if you're listening to this on Thursday, I will be two hours this Thursday because I don't know what the fuck is going on with them and the new show and all that kind of stuff. So instead of being an asshole and saying, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm only one hour. I just said, fuck it. I'll do the two hours this week. And then you guys figure your own shit out. So I don't know. I don't have control of that. Right. And you know, it's a weird thing because they, they tell me 
as far as I know, number one rated show on SiriusXM, highest rated, most listeners, most interactions, most every, most on demand, most everything. So the show's going well, and it's all a tribute to you guys. You guys do are the best listeners, best fans, and everything else. If you do listen to the XM show. Oh, yeah, fuck it. You're the best listeners in the uh, podcast world, too. I don't, give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what Joe Rogan says, right? So, but uh, it's just a testament. People, when they came to me with this, everybody, including my producers and Ted and Ray, everyone expected me to freak out. Oh, fuck, man, this is going to go nuts. He's going to, is he going to quit? Am I going to quit? Am I going to? No, no. Like, I, you know, and I think it's just something that, um, all of us need to do. You know, I got caught up in a Twitter war, I guess, with one of our uh, uh, rival site. And I won't say, you know, because of one of our people leaving and all that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, some argument. And I'm like, what am I doing? What is what the fuck am I doing with my life that I'm worried about that, about what somebody says on Twitter? Like, why am I worried about that? I control what I can control. And every now and then I need to reaffirm that within myself. And hopefully I could pass on to even one of you guys out there because by reacting. So when we get mad or even when we get happy, even happy, if you react wildly and emphatically, you know, and you're not in control of your emotions one way or another, you tend to piss other people off. You tend to do or say things that you don't mean to do or say and all that. And when it came to the, the shortening of the hour, I'm like, fine. All right, fine. You know what? I'm at the point of the, my career. I've been on there 11 years. And again, they, they are the ones that report to me how well we're doing. Um, that's their loss, right? Isn't that their loss? I, I think it's their loss. We know those of you who follow my work, we're as good as it gets in the, fantasy football realm dfs betting seasonal i don't know if there's anybody that does better probably is somebody or a couple people who knows uh, i don't know if many people that even do all three usually they're segmented seasonal daily or, or betting but whatever the case is and out and i'm happy i need to be happy for everybody we know we're going to bring the heat we know we're going to bring the thunder we're going to bring it we're passionate we are informed we are engaged with what's going on around the leagues and the games and the industry and all of that shit. So, you know, if people don't want to listen, fuck them, you know, and if they don't want to air the show for two hours then fuck it, there's nothing we can do about that. We're, I'm going to put on good radio. I'm going to have a, a quality show and I'm going to have two hours of it. If they want to broadcast one hour, I'll take the other hour here. And away we go. Right. And that's why I keep saying spread the word. You know, if we could ever get sponsorship behind this, and we, by the way, we can get sponsorship, sponsorship that we want to be. We, we've been approached several times this season, uh, including some very big podcasting companies about distributing the podcast and things like that, and hasn't been the right fit at this point. But if that ever comes about, it'd be great. We would love to do that. Uh, we just want the right partners. I don't want to be, I don't want to sit here and, talk about hey by the way hey you know whatever fucking sponsor like there we have a couple unique sponsors this year partnerships i should say super draft is back again with us at elite fantasy 
And I believe in super draft because I love getting away from lineup optimizers and multi-entry people. And super draft is the only place to do that. It's the only place you could play single entry cash games and not have to worry about it. And they went even further this year to open up on all 50 states. Super draft is legal in all 50 states, but they did a workaround for us where it, the reason they're legal in all 50 states is because they have a brand new subscription-based thing, which a lot of us or a lot of people will balk at at first. I'm sure like, what the fuck subscription? Basically, you prepay your contest entry fees. And then, and you pay that super draft, and then they have five contests a week for you. And you don't have to pay any extra to be in there, right? You don't have to pay extra to be part of it. Um, so that's a real good thing because no, none of the people that multi enter or multi account are going to do that. They won't, they refuse. So there's some real big prize pools, and there's some tremendous cash games that you sort of prepay for. And then just play and win and you get the money and away we go. That's the way to do it. And to be legal in all 50 states, that's the way they had to set it up. And I, I love innovation. I love the way they do it. So Super Draft, Betcha, that app that I just talked about, they have unique gaming styles and all this shit. They're great people with an amazing app. It's one of the slickest apps you'll ever see. So easy to function. Like I'm, I'm such an uppity little bitch when it comes to apps. I don't like, I have big, fat, long, stupid fingers. And just, I, I don't like when everything's tiny and I have to move things and you hit the wrong button. And I, I fucking hate that. So Betcha is just beautiful. You click on the game, click, well, first you you'd click on the sport, click on the game, click on the prop, play, click on the, the player name, click on a bet, put it through. Nice, simple, straightforward. I love it. All right. So them, and then uh, of course, drafters.com that I've been promoting a lot. We have absolutely zero official connection with them, but this draft season, I love the fact that drafters had the best ball contest up $25,000 top prize, hundred thousand dollar total prize. So I just love it. It's nice and easy to do. Everybody talks about underdog all the time and underdogs. Fantastic. I love them. We do not have a partnership with them, but I do love the product. And uh, this is on a lesser scale and with a lot less people, that's a great place to win money. You've more, a higher chance to win and less bullshit to deal with. That's why I love super draft drafters, betcha and the like. So that's where I'm at right now with uh, all the partnerships and things like that. And that's why we want to spread the word. We want to pump out more episodes and more. I love the uncensored. I love saying fuck. I love that, man. I love talking honestly and earnestly with every single one of you. So um, that is that. A couple announcements to make. So I did the Sirius XM. It is what it is. What I'm telling all of you is, I guess I got off the beaten path on that. It happens when I'm solo on these programs, but don't let shit get you down like that. Don't let anything get in your path. Worry about what is best for you, your family, your friends, your loved one, your partners, whatever. And just harp, harp on that. That's wrench on it, protect it, insure it however you can. Okay. Because 
that's all that matters. Everything else works out. When you just are laser focused on yourself, that's what happens. I got sloppy a week or two ago with that. I've been sloppy on this podcast. I've been, you know, letting my uh, mouth run a little bit on former employees and stuff like that. And it hasn't done any good. It's not a, not a smart thing to do and not something or who I want to be anyway. Right. So I need to remember that I need to, I need to worry about what I could control. What I control is us winning gobs of fucking money this NFL season. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, cash game breakdown will be up Friday night. Remember, EliteFantasy.com, folks. If you haven't bundled, if you're not a Fantasy Guru subscriber, I got a little promo code. We never upped the price, by the way. Use the promo code RADIO20. RADIO20 is going to give you 20% off of our daily fantasy bait daily fantasy football package or the monthly VIP package. All right. If you just want to do that, we do not have a monthly NFL only it's VIP meaning all sports, but it's the same price with that discount that the NFL product only would be. And you get everything or elite sports betting.com radio 20 for the full season NFL or the monthly VIP over there as well. So a little, a little extra for the podcast listeners out there. Um, I'm excited about this year with the DFS stuff. A couple things we've done. Number one, um, we had my, the brand new tools If anybody I've been promising you all off season, my offensive line, defensive line matchups, my wide receiver, cornerback matchups. What we did is we have expanded if you were with us for the baseball season, my, the smash tool for hitters and pitchers for daily fantasy baseball that encompasses all the uh, pitch data and location data and hot zones and pitch type and all that stuff. We have expanded to NFL and my offense line, defense line, wide receiver, cornerback matchups. All of that information is now going to be part of our NFL smash product and our, the smash rates, for running backs, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. We will have that information for you. Uh, it will not be loaded until about week three. I, I'm thinking maybe, maybe we'll get it before week two for quarterbacks. The reason being, I don't like the limited amount of data. I don't like using last year's data. Some of the things where I've done all my projections, and I'm going to talk about my projections um, they're over at fancyguru.com, by the way, with all the teams, all the games I've done, all the, I've ran the whole season months ago. I update it uh, relentlessly, but for the smash tool, we're not able to bring over offense line defense, like, like certain elements and how they play together. We can do what an offense lineman played like, in Pittsburgh, and then you put them in LA with the Chargers, and you know there's differences because there's position changes, there's other players around. So the direct effectiveness isn't it's not culpable there. So we are gonna give it a couple weeks before we start rolling out the official uh smash reports. Just want that out there for everybody. Um very excited about it. It's unlike anything else that's in the industry. 
anywhere else. It's all unique because it's from my brain and it's created stuff that I've been using and talking about on this podcast on Sirius in the cash game breakdown on elitefantasy.com. So that's what's rolling out there. That's one of the things. The other second thing I want to announce to everybody is my uh, chat. My Saturday night chat is officially moving three hours earlier from 10 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday afternoons. A couple of reasons for this change, one of which is I do I did commit to doing a recording, um, uh, a specialized recorded show that I will be recording on Saturday nights, and it'll lead right up until that time, and I don't want to get in the way of our people, our subscribers. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to cut short the time with the people that uh, is our most important in order to get the show. So it was either not do it or do it and move it up. The reason I decided to move it up is because number one, I think it, uh, it helps with folks that are not, not night owls like myself and aren't up till 10 PM or really, I don't end that chat till after midnight on the East coast most times. Um, so that's part of it. So I expand the reach of it a little bit. It will help get some break between then and the recording. And the third thing is uh, it also allows for uh, what we're doing. We I brought in a guy, one of our longtime subscribers, a guy who's been a friend of the program, Clay Harned. He is going to be transcribing these chats Remember the way Jesse used to do two, three years ago, we used to have uh, the Saturday night chat, you know, with he, him putting all the decisions and everything I said and transcribing it and putting it all in. It's all going to be documented and done for you. So if you are a night owl, if you are busy at 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, it's okay. We're going to have everything logged for you. All right. So I think that that was the biggest thing for me, being able to move this up expand the reach to everybody who could be in there live. For those who can't always go back and check that out. I'll also jump in there super late night as I always did anyway, with the core four updates and everything like that. So a um, little extra yeah, I think for everybody, we're also going to clay is going to transcribe that Friday night live stream, the core four NFL live stream at elitefantasy.com for you guys as well. So um, I'm excited about that too. All of this will be, uh, I'll have more information, the schedule and everything in our, in the cash game breakdown on elitefantasy.com this week. So uh, check that out. All right, let's get to, I want to get this fucking football. Let's talk some ball, y'all. Um, Tampa Bay, Dallas, that's the first game. You're probably listening to this. You're probably listening after that game has already been on and Tampa kicked the hell out of Dallas. I know they're going to, they're going to absolutely stomp Dallas out. I, Worried about the Cowboys, man. Mike McCarthy, if you saw Hard Knocks, you saw nothing inspired out of them whatsoever. You saw Jerry Jones, a guy who he, Jerry has officially hit that part of life where he's just so out of touch. And it's sad to watch. Like he's all kind of like his face all fucked up. His teeth are all messed up. And he's a billionaire, but he's just looks horrible. And, trying to talk football, but he's talking like it's 1993 still. Oh, it, and Mike McCarthy has no choice but to go along. He's made Jerry and his son, Steven, make all the decisions. It's terrible. I There's a lot of talent on that Dallas team, and another coach, possibly another organization, would get a ton out of it. There'd be a Super Bowl contender 
in uh, with other ownership and coaching, they're just not going to get it done. And Tampa is going to wipe the floor with Dallas on Thursday night. So I'm sure that already happened. If you're listening to this on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, um, with that being said, let's, let's move in. I want to get to my official predictions for the 2021 NFL season. I'm going to start in the AFC. I'll start out East with bills, Patriots, Dolphins and Jets. I have the Bills at 12 and 5, Patriots 10 and 7, Dolphins 8 and 9, Jets 5 and 12 in that division. I think the Bills win going away. They are the class of the division. That's for sure. Um, just there's too much offensively, defensively. The Patriots, they'll sneak around. Uh, I think it may be tough early in the season with Mac Jones, and they'll eventually Belichick is so good at finding what his players do well and just pounding on it. And that's where I give them the edge over the Miami dolphins within this division. And I think you know, they're on pace to be a, uh, you know, one of the uh, playoff teams in, in this conference. So there you go. I think uh, that is the way the division goes dolphins. They just don't have enough quarterback play. They don't have enough offense. I think defensively, they're going to be very strong, but there's a lot of offense on their schedule. I don't think they're, they have enough firepower. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. And um, yeah, that's, that's ultimately going to be a real problem. So there you go. Uh, I, you know, the jets minor improvements, don't think they're even close to being there yet. Breakout players within the AFC East. Mike Gusecki, I do like him from the tight end standpoint. Not only do I think he'll be one of the best fantasy weapons for the Miami Dolphins, I think he's going to be uh, one of the top scoring tight ends. Very good chance he's a top five scoring tight end this year. And uh, the most prolific, I think he'll be the leading receiver on the Miami Dolphins. So uh, I like Gusecki a lot. I think Damian Harris is settled in the Patriots going to run the football. It's going to run a lot, keep their defense. They're going to go back to what Bill Belichick did back in the early two thousands when Tom Brady was a rookie and an experienced good defensive strategy, change it up the, based on uh, dependent on matchup and who they're going up against. And they're going to run the football, run the football, run the football. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, they're all going to be involved. But I think Damian Harris is a guy who has a chance, legit chance, 1,200-plus rushing yards. So I like uh, him in within this division. The players that will let us down, I think Tua lets a lot of people down, everybody who had his back. We're going to see Deshaun Watson go to Miami eventually. It's probably Maybe it doesn't happen by the October trade deadline, but if it – doesn't it's going to happen next offseason assuming he's cleared or all of his off the field trouble troubles go away we'll see i think josh allen will let some people down josh allen's going to win games the bills are going to be good josh allen's going to be good i just think what we saw last year i just don't have the bills offense playing at that rate of speed i don't think they should i don't think they will I don't think they're going to surprise people. They really jumped up and surprised the world last year by going so heavy with the passing game, right? Just so heavy. So there's no letdowns here, but 
it's a tough schedule. You know, Steelers in week one. They've got Washington, who's a tough defense. They got Miami early in the season. We know uh, Kansas City is on the schedule and a rematch uh, out there as well. We've got the um, – they play the Patriots at Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's the Saints, the Colts. This is a tough schedule for the Buffalo Bills. And I think their Josh Allen's numbers will be very good. He'll be a top eight fantasy quarterback, possibly top six. Just not going to hit that level that people in fantasy were drafting him for this year. It always happens, by the way. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. It just always happens. And yet we fall for the same shit every single time. AFC North. Your AFC North division champion, Cleveland Browns. That is right, everybody. Um, the Browns are going to win this division. And I, I think that uh, it's going to be a close one. It's They're 11 and 6. I think the, the Ravens are going to finish 11 and 6 too. I have both of them finishing that division with that record. So, um you know, uh, it's going to be a tough fight between those two teams. Cleveland Browns are the most well-rounded team in the National Football League. If When you break it down, position by position, every single spot on the roster, and then go to the entire 53-man roster where you get backups, they are so stacked. Kareem Hunt, Case Keenum, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who, who's been a Rashad Higgins, who have been productive. Um, you know, players that uh, guys like Chris Hubbard, who's been a, with the Steelers for a number of years that are backup tackles. This team is loaded everywhere. Tack McKinley, who is a third string defensive lineman on this team. You go out and get your Davian Clowney. You go out and, uh, and, and get um, Anthony Walker from the Colts. You draft Jeremiah Owosu Karamoa, who didn't have a great, training camp and it's not going to start but he's on the come denzel ward troy hill grant delpit if we ever see greedy williams healthy john johnson at safety ronnie harrison the other safety man they're fucking loaded this team is ready and they're gonna win that division and they may win the afc so be ready <laughs> be ready because uh that the, the cleveland browns and the dog pound you're they're going to own 2021 in a lot of ways. Now, 11 and six isn't a tremendous record. And that's just, they play a tough schedule too, because they had a winning record last year and experience. I don't think they'll be nearly as, uh, as dominant or productive. It, you know, they're going to have to battle or consistent is the word I'm looking for, but they're going to be, they're going to finish the first rate. They'll win the tiebreaker over Baltimore. Um, they'll split the season series, but a better in division record for Cleveland gives them the division over Baltimore. Also finishing 11 and six Cincinnati Bengals, six and 11 The Pittsburgh Steelers, six and 11. So what about that? Look at that nice, well-rounded division, 11 and six, 11 and six, six, 11, six, 11. It's the way it's going to finish with the Steelers being technically last place. Well, it, the Steelers are taking a huge step back defensively. The offensive line is absolutely barren. And Ben Roethlisberger is old as dirt. The Steelers are not going to get off to the start they did last year. By midseason, I fully expect Ben Roethlisberger to bow out. What I mean by bow out is he's going to 
get hit or he's going to throw the ball weird or something. And you're going to see him crumble on the ground and just like he always does. And then they're going to have to go to the backup and that's game set and fucking match for Pittsburgh on their season. They'll be competitive up until that point. But once they realize, once they get hit in the mouth by both Baltimore and Cleveland, no, Oh shit, this is a new year. It's over. So the breakouts in this division, Gus Edwards, of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, if Odell Beckham gets hurt, which is always a possibility, Peoples-Jones has an opportunity to be a very productive wide receiver. He's got the size, the speed, the ball skills um, to be a dominant force in the outside. He is the talent to be a number one wideout. And it's great to see his evolution from coming in a rookie uh, we're starting to see these Michigan skill position players, guys from Michigan that were highly recruited, that are physically imposing, physically dominant, that just didn't learn anything with Jim Harbaugh up there. Nico Collins in Houston is another one. He's a rookie this year, but Peoples Jones, right? They, they have all the size. These are guys that if they went to an SEC school, would have been first, second round picks and would have been on the fast track in, in NFL. So Peoples Jones, definitely a name to watch. I think he has a breakout season. And Gus Edwards, we know the letdown, I think to a certain degree, all three of the Steelers wide receivers. Once Roethlisberger goes down, all three of them really implode. It, you know, they'll, because the defense isn't as dominant as it was over the first 11 games last year, they'll still have to throw, they'll throw the ball plenty. So there'll be volume, more volume than most people anticipate or expect, but it's going to come with a lack of efficiency. So all three of them take a step back, in my opinion. Kareem Hunt with Cleveland, I think that way overdrafted in the fantasy game, way. People expect Kareem Hunt to be a top 10, top 12 fantasy running back. There's no fucking chance. Last year was so crazy. Think about it. I mean, Nick Chubb missed over a quarter of the season. Kareem Hunt had a couple games. There was that, wasn't that that Cincinnati game, if, I'm not, if I recall, where he came in out of nowhere and he had absolutely no rush, like two rush attempts that entire game and came out of nowhere and ran the ball. They ran on every single play. Offensive line just imposed their will. And the next thing you know, 10 for 86 and a touchdown. Like that's, that's insane. Just insane. And earlier in the game, he had a passing touchdown after Nick Chubb had ran it all the way down to the six yard line. Next play, they do a play action screen to hunt. He gets a touchdown. Otherwise he had touched the ball four times before that last drive and the last drive of the game for the Browns. He carried it ran 76 yards of their 82 yard drive for Kareem hunt. Fucking insane. And so there's so much luck that happened. He takes a step back. AFC South. This was one of the best divisions in football two years ago and has become, I think, a disappointment. I think there's a lot of disappointment here. And the Colts are going to win. Wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. Nothing would surprise me other than the Texans doing something in this division. I've got the Colts. Finishing this division at 11 and six, but boy, we're seeing it all summer long. Carson Wentz getting COVID, 
getting his foot injured, offense line going down, offense line getting COVID. Just a disaster. Just the loss of Anthony Walker in the middle of that secondary, Malik Hooker, and oh, uh, they they took a step back defensively. I can't tell. They have no answer at left tackle whatsoever. Anthony Costanzo leaving, and they go out and and uh, they signed Eric Thomas from the Kansas City Chiefs. And he, of course, is without Eric Fisher. Why did I say Thomas? Eric Fisher. And uh, to play left tackle on that dude tore his ACL in the AFC Championship game. He's going to be out through, you know, week six or seven at least. So there's some problems in Indianapolis this year. And uh, so it wouldn't surprise me, but who's going to challenge? I think that whatever magic Arthur Smith had in Tennessee has got to go. Todd Downing is not, not Arthur Smith as new offensive coordinator. Mike Frabel has no clue. And the defense sucks. The secondary is terrible in Tennessee. I mean, downright awful. In fact, we're going to go after them in DFS quite a bit. Right. You got old man, Janoris Jenkins out there. Christian Fulton hasn't amounted to everything. Got a rookie, Elijah Molden. That's likely going to play um, uh, Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden. Both of the two rookies that will play a ton. Oh, just and no pass rush, you know, Bud Dupree banged up. Uh, they just, they don't got it. And offensive line, has taken a beating in recent years, losing Conklin last year. Their entire interior is all on the COVID list to start the season. So Tennessee's in trouble. To get that kind of efficiency out of Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones will never stay healthy as far as – and A.J. Brown's already banged up. Boy, and Derrick Henry coming off a 2,000-yard season with 397 touches. Go look at the history books. How many running backs coming off that workload and or – that amount or even th- close that much production has done it in the second year. Go look at the 2000 yard rushers, Chris Johnson, Jamal Lewis in recent term. You can go back to OJ Simpson the next year. Terrell Davis hurt. It doesn't, it never works out. So I'll get, I've been given Henry the benefit of the doubt, but I think the, the magic's gone for Tennessee Jaguars five and 12 Texans. I give them one win. I gave him one win, and there's a very good chance that it's going to be week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But this Houston Texan team is the worst team in football, bar absolutely effing none. No, bar none, they're the worst team in football. So I give him one in 16. Breakouts, LaVisca Chenault, I, I think he is in line. Don't know if he's going to be the number one for Trevor Lawrence or not, but he is definitely has a great shot. It's him or Chark, and more time in preseason with Chanel his after the catch ability is unparalleled. And uh, I think he's a breakout candidate and Michael Pittman in, in Indianapolis, nobody else there. T Y Hilton and the neck injury on the pup list. So Michael Pittman will have a breakout. Jonathan Taylor will let us down, not quite live up to that first round return that we were all hoping for. And believe me, I'm bummed. I have him in three or four leagues and Julio Jones for the tight Julio Jones has no chance to stay healthy. Julio Jones is the absolute classic wide receiver who got, you know, did great things, got into his early 30s, thought he could just roll up. Not really, you know, he was so physically dominant, 
that it just was everything kind of came easy for him. And now his body's starting to break down. He's not putting in the work behind the scenes, new team, new squad, new relationships. Everything is, uh, is just going South Julio. There's no way he stays healthy. Uh, the AFC West is the best division in football. I think by a lot. Whew. I have, I'm going to stand my ground that the chargers win this division. 12 and five, same record as the Kansas city chiefs. So it is a, uh, it's a tough one for sure. Right. It, it is a tough division. It's going to be tooth and nail the whole way through. But at the end of the day, I, I think the chargers with Derwin James healthy, the offense line the way it is, I think they're going to start slow. I think they'll lose week one, as a matter of fact, to Washington. So um, you know, take that for what it's worth. I just think they're more talented. And I think they will run through their non-division opponents like a hot knife through butter, especially as we get late in the season and everything kind of uh you know breaks apart on them. So there you go. I also think that um the Chiefs, Chiefs will regress maybe a tiny bit defensively I know they improved the offensive line or tried to people get mad at me but they they still don't have an interior the solutions they came up with Duvernay Tardif and Eric uh, or uh, Kyle Long they're gone they're not healthy right now it's a that's a problem to start the season they weren't able to add anything they did a tremendous job this offseason Right. Orlando Brown, though, is the right tackle. He's playing the left side. You got to factor in that. Uh, Creed Humphrey is a rookie that's starting in there for, you know, right under center. New relationship with Patrick Mahomes. Just be careful. That's what I got to tell you. Just be careful. Chiefs, again, 12 and five. They're going to be there until the end. Denver Broncos, 11 and six. I think Denver. If there's a wild card in the entire AFC, it's the Denver Broncos. What I saw to them in the preseason was nothing short of pure dominance and both sides of the football while Drew Locke was under center adequate enough with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater, of course, wins the job, but uh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what to make of, uh, of that because just don't think that um, – I don't think Bridgewater will hold the job. I think that Drew Locke will come in and he'll be one of the breakout players in that division. I really do believe that. I think Austin Eckler, we got news today. Austin Eckler has a hamstring injury. We didn't practice. He practiced on the side. Uh, obviously, it's not a good situation. Obviously, it's not something we wanted to see especially with how high I was on Eckler, Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree are the backups there. If, if for some reason he weren't able to play, but again, injuries happen. Not going to be the first time our first round picks are on uh, the injured list and on the non-practice list. And if you, you'd rather have them here in the beginning of the season than the end, You'd rather have it be a hamstring over an ACL Achilles or something like that. So uh, I do think Eckler does break out. I think the disappointments, I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire disappoints. I think Tyree kill 
disappoints. Again, soft tissue is going to get Tyreek Hill this year. I really do believe it. I just am, I've got it in my bones. Gut feeling, but I'm trusting the gut with this one. So there you go. That's the AFC. That's how I have it all mapped out. The playoff teams in the AFC, the number one seed, Buffalo Bills. Second seed, Chargers. Third seed, Cleveland Browns. Fourth seed, the Indianapolis Colts. The extra wildcard teams, uh, Baltimore Ravens make it. The Kansas City Chiefs make it. And the Denver Broncos make it. That is a tremendous playoff bracket in that division. As you see in, in that conference, man, those teams are fucking loaded and uh, will be a lot of fun to see how this plays out. I do have the Cleveland Browns making it out and representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. There you go. Congratulations, Cleveland Browns. Uh, when we look at the NFC and break those divisions down, I'll start out East as well, because if I don't, you guys start to freak out for whatever freaking reason. It's just kind of the way it goes. Um, this is a shitty division. Once again, like it, it's almost unbelievable how bad top to bottom the NFC East really is. Normally we see, we've saw this with the NFC West, you know, years ago when Seattle finished under 500 and then they won a playoff game against new Orleans. And we've, we've seen these types of things before, but normally they're the next year is a bigger season. You know, they turn it around, and, you know, the schedules change. You get a lot of high draft picks, the Cowboys, like I said, are super talented, but they're not even going to, they're not going to win this division. They're not going to make the playoffs. The Washington potatoes will win the division at a record of 10 and seven and easily walk into the playoffs. So the Cowboys will finish second at seven and 10. I have the giants seven and 10 as well. And Philadelphia Eagles, one of the worst teams in the conference at three and 14 still think that's good for Jalen hurts. I think he's one of the breakouts of the division from a fantasy standpoint, at least Antonio Gibson. I do think he takes over that third down role and good. There's a potential Antonio Gibson is the number one fantasy football running back in 2021. Why didn't you have him ranked that way, man? I did. Fuck you. Had him in the top 10 of running backs almost this entire summer. So pound sand. CeeDee Lamb breakout for the Cowboys. The good news about CeeDee Lamb is that as the bad as the Cowboys will be, there's inconsistent. They do have a lot of firepower on offense. If the offensive line stands bad, they can have success throwing the football, even running the football. They, offensively, they could do things. And CeeDee Lamb is just that guy that's emerging. So it's not bad for a receiver to not have a good team behind him. It's okay. And I think CeeDee Lamb still breaks out. The letdowns, I think Amari Cooper takes a step back, becomes the clear number two to CeeDee Lamb in this division. And then Kenny Galladay, no chance. Him and Julio Jones. I mean, you want to talk about the most absolute automatic injured receivers of the year it's julio jones and kenny galladay simple that i mean it's just absolutely bona fide simple that that's how it's going to go um so yeah that 
there you go. Um, what else is here? Uh, that's all I got for that division. Nothing. I think the Giants will surprise some people. If you're looking for a super duper crazy surprise team, the Giants defense played amazing in the second half of last year. All right. Just amazing. Like really well. They added guys like Kenny Galladay. They get Saquon Barkley back on offense. They have brought in two new offensive line coaches to try to get them corrected here. They get Nate Solder back from the COVID list, right? So they bring in Kyle Rudolph. They got Evan Ingram, who is banged up, but you know they, they have Darius Slayton and Kadarius Toney, the first round pick, Sterling Shepard. You know, this is a really Aziz Ojolari, uh, the uh, um, the Mike linebacker for this team that was already very good defensively with Dexter Lawrence in the middle of Leonard, Will- Leonard Williams in the middle, Dexter Lawrence playing the Aaron Donald role all over and Peppers and Bradbury and Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson now in tow. The Giants are the surprise team. If I got the Giants wrong, it wouldn't surprise me. Giants could win the division. They could be a, uh, a wild card team. They really could. I don't have, I can't, couldn't project it. Couldn't, couldn't put that down. But uh, I, I do think that that is at least remotely a possibility. Let's move to the NFC North. This is a division. This is the easiest division in the world to project. It's the Green Bay Packers. They're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. They're going to run away. They're going to be 13 and four. I mean, it's just going to be an absolute easy ride because nobody in this division is very competitive. I have the Vikings finishing above 500 at nine and eight, some decent upgrades. They're able to run the ball defensively. Mike Zimmer will never stand for what happened last year. Bears will start out horribly. As we know, eventually they're going to get better and they'll finish eight and nine in this division. So the records within the division don't look bad. But make no mistake, none of these teams outside of the Packers are any actually good. And then the Lions at 5-12. and 12. Breakouts, I think Justin Fields is the, the breakout. I think he's the breakout rookie quarterback of the year. I strongly believe that. I said it before the draft even happened. And then I think Randall Cobb surprises a lot of people um, for Green Bay as well. So, you know, those are kind of – the players there, I think the letdowns, DeAndre Swift, just going to be in a platoon all season with Jamal Williams and likely others. And then Justin Jefferson, he's going to be fine. He set every rookie record in the world. I don't think Justin Jefferson will ever have another season like that. And I think that's going to mind fuck some of you. It's going to really mess you up as far as, well, which – you know, where's the room to grow? How is he possibly going to improve on it? And the right answer is he's simply not. And I think that will mean he's a disappointment to some of you from a fantasy standpoint. Minnesota Vikings will not be upset. Minnesota Vikings won't be upset with his 1,080 yard season, you know, catching uh, what 85 passes. I think he did that last year. So I mean, just the 1400 yards, I don't think will take some regression there. So don't forget Thielen uh, didn't have a thousand yards last year. Adam Thielen was a red zone, 14 touchdown, touchdown or nothing. He was the Chris Carter of the, the season. So remember that. Uh, 
otherwise, yeah, that division's pretty straight up. NFC South. I think this division takes a little bit of a back seat as well. Tampa Bay will win it. Again, I yeah, what a pussy, right? What a, what am I saying? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, the defending Super Bowl champion is going to win. Who's going to challenge? It's not going to be New Orleans. New Orleans takes a step back. They finished second at ten and seven. Panthers third, seven and ten. Falcons six and eleven. I'm interested in Atlanta. What can Arthur Smith do? The fact that he got he was able to talk Dean Pease into being his defensive coordinator. I think that's a big deal. They just don't have the talent up uh, for the Atlanta Falcons defensively uh, I, I, to really challenge losing Julio Jones. That's going to sway coverage quite a bit to Ridley. I don't think it impacts his overall numbers, but I think it'll have an effect on Matt Ryan, even though you get Kyle Pitts and I think Russell Gage is fine. And Mike Davis, is a good receiver out of the backfield as well. But you know, Arthur Smith doesn't have that workhorse back like he had in Tennessee. He doesn't have the mobile quarterback like he had in Tennessee. And he's only got one. He does have his A.J. Brown and Calvin Ridley. But Brown isn't as big and dynamic as A.J. Brown was, right? So that's going to have to be Kyle Pitts, possibly, which potentially, right? But I, I, I'm intrigued by Atlanta. And then defensively, there's nothing, man. There's that. There's Grady Jarrett who stops the run. One of the best run stuffers in the league. Don't start running backs. Don't think you're going to have a great time running backs against Atlanta this season, folks. Just FYI, you want receivers against them. You want tight ends against them, but otherwise, no, the breakouts. I do think Robbie Anderson is in a tremendous spot in Carolina. I look for this Carolina offense to be absolutely fantastic to watch. Terrace Marshall is the other one. He's with with Robbie Anderson in Carolina and a guy with amazing ball skills. I think as a result of both those two producing, I think DJ Moore is one of the biggest letdowns of the 2021 season. I think Alva Kamara takes a little bit of a step back too in New Orleans. Um, people, coverages aren't going to respect Jameis Winston the way they did Drew Brees. Even even with Winston having a much livelier arm than Drew Brees, it's just not the way it works because coverage isn't just a matter of who can throw the ball the farthest. You know, there's an emotional attachment. There is a psychological attachment and being able to set up coverages with your eyes. Winston just can't do. Whereas Drew Brees constantly did that. So that's why I think the saints offense takes a, 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 pretty significant step back. We know Taysom Hill is going to be a factor here somehow, and it's just going to be miserable. The NFC West, the second toughest division, the two Western conferences are the two best in all of football. Uh, Boy, any one of these four teams could legitimately win it in the AFC West. I could not say that because the Raiders have absolutely no chance, but I do think any one of these four teams could wind up winning the division in the NFC. I had the Rams at 12 and five, the Cardinals 11 and six, the Seahawks nine and eight, 49ers seven and 10. I am pretty set that the Rams and Cardinals would be the top two teams. I think the 49ers aren't nearly as good as people think. They always do this with the team that 
didn't make that made the Super Bowl two years ago, they're like, oh, now they're going to come back. Now they they just don't. You you don't have a quarterback. Trey Lance, a rookie. Garoppolo, you obviously don't believe in enough that you would trade all these draft capital to get Trey Lance. The receivers are just always hurt and flash in the pans. George Kittle's always hurt. I love their offensive line. I love their whoever's running the football with them. And then as good as the defense was two years ago, they lost every single defensive coaching assistant in the last two years. Everybody's just gone. And then you, you take out guys like Richard Sherman and um, DeForest Buckner and guys who are huge parts of that defense. And you get Nick Bosa back, which is tremendous and huge. But the linebackers, you don't have that. You don't have that. Any, you know, Javon Kinlaw is not Buckner either in the middle as a run stopper. So you run at the speed rushers, Armstead and Bosa on the outside, and you could run against the 49ers. You don't have the linebackers to fill those gaps. And the corners, uh, I mean, Kwan Williams had that one freak year. They remember Josh Norman made the club, the 53 of the 49ers. Jason Verrett, who's very good, but always hurt as well, and played in the for the Chargers for a number of years. That great cover guy, but can never stay healthy. And the nickel corner is third round rookie Avery Thomas or Josh Frickin Norman. Manuel Mosley had that one. Mosley and Quan Williams showed very well in 2019 when the pass rush was out of control in San Francisco, but that they don't have that anymore. So I think it's going to expose the secondary in a big, big way. Um, so the 49ers to me last Seahawks could implode. It would not surprise me because their defense ain't what she used to be. Bobby Wagner, uh, the whole Legion of boom is gone. Um, you, you know, having a great safety play like uh, um, Jamal Adams is super, and you can play them in coverage. You can play them up the line of scrimmage, stop the run, but they don't have any run stoppers in their front seven. You know, Bobby Wagner is it, and he's older than dirt at this point. The rest of this defense is terrible. They have no pass rusher in Seattle. So, anyway, that's how I have it. The breakout players there, Sonny Michelle, Trey Sermon, Dwayne Eskridge for the Seahawks. Don't underestimate Eskridge. It's a player that they love. Russell Wilson loves him. Three wide receiver sets. Don't be surprised if Eskridge winds up taking the slot spot away from Tyler Lockett and forcing Lockett to the outside where he, I think he gets neutralized. And Eskridge picking up a lot of those Tyler Lockett big, huge games. So that's a name for everybody to know this season as well. And um, that was it, right? And then, oh, the, the letdowns, Chris Carson – just because I don't think they'll have the positive game scripts. I think they'll rotate backs a little bit more in Seattle as well. So be careful of that. And then uh, Trey Lance, when he eventually does get in there, not you're not going to want that, everybody. You're going to realize after four starts that why Justin Fields should have been taken ahead of Trey Lance by miles. And yes, Lance is in a much better system, much better. And they have similar skill sets, but Fields is a purebred. And he has been for years where Trey Lance went 
to, he's Carson Wentz without any of the passing ability. Carson Wentz did everything. He did much better than Trey Lance at North Dakota. And he played a whole year before like Lance didn't play last year. It, it's going to be a disaster. So that's bad. Um, the NFC, the it's a Packers, the number one seed, Tampa Bay Rams, Washington, Arizona, New Orleans, and Seattle getting that last spot at nine and eight, just edging out the Minnesota Vikings in that regard as well. So, uh, and in this, my simulations, I do indeed have the Green Bay Packers and the last dance Packers versus Browns in the Super Bowl. We'll see you there, everybody. It should be a pretty good one. And uh, I don't know. I don't know who wins that game. I don't think the NFL would let Aaron Rodgers lose that game, quite frankly. But I think the no team is better than the Browns. There's not a better pure football team than Cleveland Browns. Just doesn't happen all the way, all the depth, everything. It is the absolute class of the NFL right now. And I think everybody will realize it come February. All righty folks. So there you go. That is the season. We've documented each and every part of it for you. You can't say I didn't at this stage. Let's give you some week one tips. How about that? you guys want week one tips? You want some week one advice? All right, fine. If I can give you week one advice, you little whiners uh start them and set them let's go with some quarterbacks here's some players that i start top 12 quarterbacks matt stafford joe burrow Jameis winston all within my top 12 over at fantasyguru.com mike davis at the running back position some of you are starting to fade davis don't no no you like that against philadelphia absolute start mike davis raheem mostert absolute smash on the road against detroit absolutely Raheem Mostert Saquon Barkley he is a start I have him as an RB2 but still start him despite what will be a limited workload Damian Harris make sure he's in your lineup this week Jerry Judy for the Broncos I think the Broncos do light up the uh the New York Giants in week number one I think Judy is the guy for Teddy Bridgewater Antonio Brown if you're listening to this before Thursday night if not you're going to be pissed you didn't because Antonio Brown's probably going to go off against that terrible Cowboy secondary on Thursday night football. DJ Chark, I'm starting him despite missing most of the preseason with the finger injury as well. So, and then obviously Mike Gusecki start this week. Um, and I, I do have Dallas Goddard for Philly against Atlanta. I told you start tight ends against Atlanta. Goddard. Versus Ertz will be one of the most interesting week one storylines for me. I started handcuffing Goddard with Ertz in every league that I had him in. And I started drafting Zach Ertz as a second tight end, just in case he's the only guy at the tight end spot late in drafts that has that top five potential. The only one, everybody else you're drawn dead with every single other name. Doesn't matter. Players that should be on your bench in week one, Trevor Lawrence. It's a great matchup. Tremendous. And I think he'll do very well. I don't think you should be, you should not start him week one. You just don't know. I know it's the Texans. Like I said, Texans could get their first win early season rust. A lot of other good matchups, a lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of other sure things. Lawrence is outside my top 12 Kirk cousins, Dak Prescott. I'm not starting Dak. And maybe I look bad on this on Friday. Very possible, but he's 13th. In my rankings, DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs, 
T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Russell Gage, all bench players for me this week, unless you're in deeper leagues. And again, T. Higgins is in a great spot against Minnesota, but I think Tyler Boyd's one. Jamar Chase ends up being the two in week number one. Uh, Tyler Higby, Janu Smith, Hunter Henry, sit all of them. I can ne- I'm never going to play a Patriot tight end whatsoever. So there you go. Again, all my rankings, all of my projections, they are up there. Download, import them, print them out, use them for your stars, whatever you want to do. It's there, fantasyguru.com. Everybody get over there and check it out. Elitefantasy.com for all your daily fantasy. Speaking of daily fantasy, how about I give you a DFS NFL core four, huh? Well, I'm not doing that. No, get the article. Fuck you. I'm not giving you a core four. What do you guys think you're nuts? What am I fucking crazy? Let's try though. Maybe someday. Maybe I'll have a podcast core four one of these days, but uh, that will be on Friday afternoon. We are doing the whole second hour as a core four, by the way. So uh, almost the whole second hour on Friday's Sirius XM show. How about a bet? You want this? I'll give you EliteSportsBetting.com. I'll give you one of my favorite bets for week number one. Hmm. Hmm. I like so many. There's a lot of the lines are as soft as baby shit in week one. It's so great. It's one of the best betting days of the year because Vegas, all Vegas does sets lines based on our emotions and what we're betting. So they're hedging. Notice there are no double digit favorites, not one. There's several that should be really should be. So um, with that, oh, let me give you your survivor pick first. The LA Rams is my survivor pick. They're going to beat the Bears easy, breezy. Not even going to be, not even worried. The only problem I have with using the Rams in week one is that they play the Lions in week three. I do like that, but we'll know more about these teams. The Lions, the, the Rams we know are better than the Bears. And, uh, in years past, the Bears defense has been good against Sean McVay offenses, but they are on their third defensive coordinator now in, in uh, and Sean Desai. Does not have the same scheme as Vic Fangio uh, had before him. So, And they lose Kyle Fuller. This defense sucks. Bears defense sucks. And uh, the Rams are going to get the win. So that's my survivor bet. Um uh, I have so many bets to give. Uh, let me do this. I will go with the Chargers, Washington potatoes under. It's 45. You can possibly get 45 and a half at some books that I've seen. There's not enough offense in this game. I love the Chargers offense long-term for the season. Eckler's banged up. The offensive line hasn't played together all summer. Herbert hasn't played all summer. Keenan Allen hasn't played all summer. They are going to go across the entire country and play against the best defense in the National Football League, having rust all over them. And now with Eckler banged up too, they're they're gonna they're lucky to score 13 points in this game. And Washington, even if they win handily, the Chargers defense is very good. Chargers defense, as I mentioned earlier, this is a really good defense. And that's why I have them winning that division. So, um, you know, Joey Bosa back, Linval Joseph, and Tillery, and, man, Kenneth Murray, and 
having Derwin James and Chris Harris and that secondary, it's a, it's a really good defense. I think 20 to 13, that's going to be the final score of this game, probably maybe 24 to 13, 45. Nah, no fucking way. No way. Easy under for the chargers in Washington. And speaking of that game, if you want the, um, my upset of the week, well, let's, I mean, Washington's technically an underdog. They're going to win that game. So that's technically an upset. Um, if you want another upset of the week, eh, I'll go Arizona over Tennessee. Arizona over Tennessee. Again, I think that uh, the Cardinals really good front seven of the defense. Nobody's paying attention to that. Everybody's concentrated that they lost Patrick Peterson, although Patrick Peterson was no good anyway. So just you know, Byron Murphy's a good corner. Nobody talks about, um, you know, they're going to have to stop Derrick Henry, but I think Tennessee's defense is worse than Arizona's. I think Arizona's offense as a whole is better than Tennessee's. So yeah, give me Arizona's the upset of the week. So there you guys go. It's in the books, everybody. Episode 82. I think we've brought you far enough. Again, Radio 20. If you want to get EliteSportsBetting.com or EliteFantasy.com or even FantasyGuru.com at this given point in time, uh, go off and get it, everybody. Remember, this will be a weekly reaction show and then a weekly preview show going forward as we continue once a week. Hopefully, we can start rolling out more episodes. Tell a friend. Spread the words. Hit that subscribe button. Give us the comments and everything else we do so appreciate it one and all remember to follow me at jeff underscore mans on twitter the jeff mans on facebook instagram snapchat and tiktok <sighs> it's in the books 82 82 shows in the 2021 nfl season is upon us remember folks i will not be talking to you on the podcast for a week no matter what happens a week one chill the fuck out relax R-E-L-A-X. This is not over. In a seasonal fantasy environment, you don't want to be the best team in week one. You don't want it. You don't. It's the worst. It's the kiss of death. You don't want to be the best team in week four or six or eight. You want to close the season as the best. The only way to win that championship is to close. And from DFS perspective, I'm assuming we'll have a winning week because we always seem to, but who knows? Maybe we don't. Maybe we get our brains beat in week one. You don't know what's about to happen. I know it will be okay. I know it. I will watch every single minute of every single game. I will have all the truth to be spilled on Monday afternoon and next Wednesday or next Thursday on this podcast in episode 83. All right. We will react accordingly. We will react properly. Trust me to help you through it. Some of you are younger. You haven't been through it. The ups and the downs and the extremes I have, and I'm here for you. That's what I do. So we're going to make it. If we have a losing week batting, it's okay. We'll go right back at it, do the exact same thing the following week, and we'll be in the winner's circle. We've never had a losing season in DFS, never had a losing season in uh, betting on, on the NFL, and I have never had a losing season in seasonal fantasy football, quite honestly. I've had one year over the last 22 years that I have not won a championship. One season. And that's because I only did eight leagues that year and I made it to two championship games and lost them both. And that was two years ago. <laughs> so uh, you're in safe hands. We're here for you. Our entire staff is ready to go. 
all the position coaches at Elite Fantasy, Armando, Tyler, Russell, Ray, Ted, and the FantasyGuru.com chat room. Our guy Slappy and the VIP chat over at EliteSportsBetting.com. We are here for you. Well, best of luck to each and every one of you in week one. You may disagree with some or all that you heard in this week's podcast. It's perfectly all right, folks. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!